the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, the FBI showed up yesterday morning at a Utah man's house who had uh, issued a bunch of social media threats against Joe Biden. This guy was uh, clearly uh, not very smart and uh, clearly bent on at least voicing, if not doing evil, as Joe Biden was going to Utah today. So the FBI doing its job uh, protecting the president. Uh, what I was curious about from the result of this raid that ended up with uh, the FBI uh, knocking on the man's door 6.15 a.m., and shooting and killing him, uh, was did the Utah man, who had an arsenal of weapons, uh, look like AR-15s or at least uh, long guns, uh, did he shoot at police officers? Uh, I fully understand, as I just said when I talked about uh, the death of this 29-year-old man who shot at Columbus police and for his trouble was killed by uh, the accurate gunfire of police in response. Uh, I just wanted to know if this guy fired at police. Uh, it appears that he did not fire. Uh, CNN reports FBI SWAT agents were giving commands to the man when he pointed a gun at them. Okay, if you point a gun at a police officer, they're going to shoot at you. They should shoot at you. They should be justified. They are justified. Let me clear that up. They are justified in shooting you. If you point a gun at a police officer, you are going to get shot. And you should get shot. So, uh, I just... You know, originally I thought, okay, they're doing the job. You got to protect the president. But uh, what were the circumstances surrounding this? And so if you had those same questions, it appears that the actions of the FBI uh, were fully justified in that case. Now, uh, the actions of the mainstream media are rarely justified. And they certainly are not when it comes to the way that the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, burgeoning Biden crime family scandal is being totally ignored by the mainstream media. Fox is on it, and I think that in time, Fox will prove to be having taken the right approach to this because I cannot fathom that the headlines continue to go in the direction that they are going with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, and that ABC, CBS, NBC would be able to continue to ignore them. There is going to be a House impeachment inquiry into the Biden crime family. I have no doubt about that. I don't think they need to rush it. I think probably mm, September, October, which that's right around the corner, by the way. It's August the 10th. I think that will be the time where the House will dig into, okay, look, we got to get some answers here. House oversight has... Hunter Biden's business partner, Devin Archer, saying that all those times Joe Biden denied ever speaking to his son about his son's foreign business dealings was a lie. That Joe Biden didn't just talk to people on a speakerphone, as weird as that is, to sell the illusion of access. 
That's funny, isn't it? Democrats say, oh, Hunter Biden, he, he wasn't selling access to Joe Biden. He was selling the illusion of access. Now we know that Joe Biden spoke on the phone, even if it's pleasantries, that's access. Like, that's not the illusion of access. The illusion of access is, hey, my dad is the vice president, and I'll make calls on your behalf, but then you never make the calls. Now, the mere fact that you are the son's vice president, I would argue, would and should keep you from promising that you will make the calls because that reflects on the vice president. It creates the clear view that, eh, don't worry, the vice president's for sale. I'll get to the vice president. Don't worry, I got you handled. So this idea that, they, well, he was really selling. He was uh, not access, just the illusion of access. Yeah, but he was on the phone. Oh, just pleasantries. And now it's like, no, he had dinner. With the oligarchs. Now, I am not too old to remember. In fact, I will, re- I will remind Matt Mayer of OhioMatt.com and OpportunityOhio.org uh, opportunity when I visit with him at the top of the hour. I will remind Matt Mayer. We'll see if he remembers this. Do you all remember the freakout in liberal media prior to the 2016 election of Donald Trump? Or no, maybe it wasn't prior. I think it actually was like a year later. When, during the the midst of the... Russia collusion hoax. The Mueller investigation was underway. And one day, in that summer, as the Mueller investigation got rolling, people were like, hey, big news. Don Trump Jr. and a couple other Trump surrogates met at Trump Tower with some female Russian lawyer who had dirt on Hillary Clinton. Now, I thought at the time, yeah, and that's not a crime. You're allowed to meet with people who might have dirt on your political opponent. You might say, well, that doesn't look good, meeting with a Russian. Okay, it might not look good, but it's not a crime. Which, by the way, was proven by the fact that, you know what? Don Trump Jr. did meet with that Russian lawyer. And it was about dirt on Hillary Clinton. And you know what didn't happen? Don Trump Jr. didn't get charged with anything because it wasn't a crime. But I remember the freakout. Do you remember the freakout? Yes, you remember the freakout. Now, imagine, imagine if not only Don Trump Jr., but Trump himself had met with, and he wasn't the president yet. He wasn't the president yet. We only found out about the meeting in 2017 after he was president, but the meeting took place before the election. Imagine if Trump himself, before he was elected president, had met with the Russian lawyer who said she had dirt on Hillary Clinton. Do you think the Mueller investigation would have benefited from that? Do you think the freakout would have been amplified and grown if Donald Trump had attempted that meeting? Now imagine, while we're imagining, keep imagining. What if we found out that after that meeting, the Russian lawyer wired Don Trump Jr. three and a half million dollars to assist with Donald Trump's presidential campaign what do you think would have happened then the answer is absolutely nothing would have happened then you know what you know how i know that because joe biden had dinner not just with his son but with his son and russian oligarchs and one of the russian oligarchs a woman the mayor the wife of the mayor of moscow who's a billionaire Wired Hunter Biden three and a half million dollars. 
in close proximity to that dinner that Joe Biden, as the sitting vice president, attended at a swank Washington restaurant called Cafe Milano. It's not like he was trying to hide it. It wasn't a top secret meeting. They didn't have to go through security gates or anything. No, no. It did it right out in front of everybody. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Devin Archer, a bunch of Russian oligarchs, one of whom wired three and a half million dollars to Hunter Biden. And absolutely nothing's happened. None of the media is talking about it. So I know that's exactly what would have happened. Right? 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 Don't you agree? That's exactly what would have happened had Donald Trump done that. Now, yesterday, Joe Biden was uh, traveling around. And Peter Ducey of Fox, welcome back to the White House beat, Peter Ducey. I was wondering all along, did you give up the White House beat? He's back on the White House beat, and they were behind. he was behind the uh, barricades. Peter Ducey's 6'5". So Joe Biden, maybe he was having a seizure, I don't know. But Joe Biden, like, apparently motioned to Ducey. Hey, come over here. Ducey steps over the barrier, walks up to Joe Biden, and says this. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what... I never talked business in anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you... It's Why is that a lousy question? Thank because you. it's not true. Thank you, Mr. President. I never talked business with anyone. I never talked business with anyone. I guess if you've gotten away with lying your whole political career, why would you stop? And then Peter Ducey said, well, why is it a lousy question? And he goes, because it's not true. What's not true? That you, he's denying it's not true. What did Ducey ask him about calling in on speakerphone? And he says, it's not true. He's denying he called in on speakerphone? So I don't know what's next. House Oversight has a list of the shell companies and the money and the timing. And they have a timeline. I just tweeted it on my Twitter, at Behools. You can follow the timeline of how suspicious it looks that, oh, there was this meeting, and then, oh, look at this. A month later, all this money came in. And, oh, look at this. Hunter Biden got the money, the exact price of the luxury car he was driving. Oh, funny. Amazing. So yesterday, uh, Gene Smith, the athletic director at Ohio State, uh, announced that he will retire in 2024. Uh, That is uh, news to, I mean, it's it's significant to many of you because I understand that this town uh, lives and dies with Ohio State athletics, predominantly football. And Gene Smith has been here, or will have been here, almost two decades as the steward of the athletic department uh, by the time he retires. Uh, I think Gene Smith is ultimately a survivor. In fact, I have joked before uh, many times about how uh, if Gene Smith were to have a title besides athletic director at Ohio State, his title would be uh, the winner of Survivor Buckeye Island. Uh, You may recall the uh, March 10th, 2010 press conference announcing that uh, several Ohio State players had taken extra benefits, which, by the way, are all legal now, but were not then. Extra benefits in violation of NCAA rules, which, again, are not in effect anymore in the era where quarterbacks can get quarter-of-a-million-dollar cars. It does seem silly now to look back and say players got suspended and Ohio State had to forfeit games for uh, 
selling their own memorabilia. I mean, they couldn't sell their own stuff and make money. Those were the rules in those days. And at that particular press conference, it was where Ohio State President Gordon Gee said of Jim Tressel, oh, no, he's not going to get fired. I just hope he doesn't fire me. Well, uh, about four months later on Memorial Day, uh, 2010, Jim Tressel indeed resigned. And sometime after that, year or so, Gordon Gee also was sort of um, encouraged to leave Ohio State University uh, after his second tenure. And of all three guys at the podium that night, I would have deemed Gene Smith the least likely to survive because typically when a scandal happens in an athletic department and you have two popular guys and another guy who's relatively anonymous, and Gene Smith was at that time, it's convenient, not fair, but convenient to hang the controversy around the neck of the guy who's least consequential to the future of the university and the enterprise that the university treasures the most. And that was unquestionably at that time, as it is now, Ohio State football. But instead, Tressel paid the price and Gordon Gee paid the price. And that is why I have always deemed Gene Smith to be Survivor Buckeye Island. Now, I'm reading all the glowing praise of Gene Smith as an athletic director, which I don't dispute that he's probably done some good things. There are also some things that are not a part of the oft-told story of Gene Smith that, to me, should be part of his story. Number one, that as a guy who's served on virtually every NCAA committee of consequence, he should have known how to navigate through the murky waters of the kinds of NCAA violations that occurred and caused that March 10th press conference in 2010. He told everyone that Ohio State would not get the stiffest NCAA penalties for that wrongdoing. In fact, they got the highest penalties from the NCAA. So that was a fail of leadership by Gene Smith. I'm also amused when I see that two of the names being floated to succeed Gene Smith at Ohio State as athletic director are two of the people who have at one point in the last two decades worked under him, namely Pat Chun of Washington State University and Heather Like Catalano, who's now the athletic director at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pat Chun fired the popular football coach at Washington State University, Nick Rolovich, the popular and accomplished head football coach at Washington State University, Nick Rolovich. What was Nick Rolovich's crime? Losing? No. Uh, Stealing money? No. Having an affair with a secretary in the athletic department or cheerleader? No and no. Nick Rolovich's crime was he asked for an authentic faith objection to taking the COVID-19 vaccine. And Pat Chun fired him for that. Heather Light Catalano, in her days at Ohio State University, was in charge of NCAA rules compliance, which again, the rule book has gone from as big as Corinne Jean-Pierre's binder at the White House to about as thick as the phone book for uh, Kyleville. You say, where's Kyleville, Bruce? 
Kyleville is on 161 between Dublin and Plain City. And if you blink, you'll miss it. You might be stirred awake by the fact that Kyleville exists pretty much of a grain elevator that's out of business and a railroad track. That's about how thick the NCAA rule book would be. As thick as it would take to list the 20 or so homes, phone numbers for the people who reside in Kyleville. But Heather Light Catalano, when she was at Ohio State in charge of the mammoth obeyance of NCAA rules, told the basketball coaches, hey, you can't have this Serbian kid living with a booster while he's here in the summer before enrolling as a freshman at Ohio State. And then she never checked on whether or not they did what she told them to do or not. And guess what? The kid kept living with the boosters, which mushroomed into a major scandal that caused the firing of then-coach Jim O'Brien and an NCAA tournament ban for a year. That's Heather Light Catalano's attention to detail. So I'm amused when she is floated and Pat Chun is floated as possible successors to Gene Smith. Uh, You might be able to tell from the tenor of my comments that I am not the world's biggest or even smallest Gene Smith fan. I think Gene Smith is the personification of the Peter Principle, which you also see in evidence by the ascent of Kamala Harris to vice presidency of the United States. On the day he was announced as Ohio State's athletic director, Gene Smith, who played football at Notre Dame, said something that to me was a reflection of the kind of person he would be. He said, when I was at Notre Dame, we never lost to Michigan. Now, you might remember that 20 years ago, Ohio State was having trouble beating Michigan in football. We're coming off the John Cooper era where Michigan beat Ohio State, what, 10 times out of 13 years? And so Gene Smith at that press conference knew that it would be popular with Ohio State fans to tell them that while he was a football player at Notre Dame, he had never lost to Michigan. And in fact, that would have been, and it was, extremely popular with Ohio State fans. The trouble was, it was a lie. Gene Smith was at Notre Dame for four years, and in two of those years, Notre Dame lost to Michigan. I thought at the time, it is implausible to believe that Gene Smith believes that while he was at Ohio, that he, while he was at Notre Dame, he never lost to Michigan. One time, mm, if you know anything about sports, you know you don't forget whether you beat or lost to a rival. But you certainly don't forget that you lost to them twice. But he deemed it self-serving enough, worth the risk that nobody would look it up to tell a lie, and so. That was reflective of his character. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.